And welcome to the QSO Today Expo. Uh, I'm Mike VA3MW. I'm fortunate to be here with uh, Chris Tate and Sex Whiskey Mike, uh, who is, uh, oh, he just loves our TTY. Uh, Chris is also part of one of the alpha member teams with Flex Radio. He's a uh, uh, super geek, and uh, he also likes passing on his skills to people like you and I. So, uh, Chris, welcome to the QSO Today Expo. Oh, thanks, Mike. I'm looking forward to uh, to passing on some of this information to the folks here today. Um, well, you know, ultimately, you know, we're here to talk about uh, a ready contesting with the Flex uh, 6000 series radios, which has been a windfall for me. Um, it, it's really helped simplify the setup and operation of of ready for me as a competitive radio sport <laughs> operator. So that so Chris, you've been around long enough in RTTY to notice that when we first started and anybody else, you had a ton of extra hardware you had to go out and buy. And then today that's all changed where you get to throw all that hardware out or, you know, and try to sell it. Uh, and in, I'll be blunt, the flex world where thanks to cat and DAX, which are the, uh, cat emulator in the, in the sound digital audio exchange tunnel, They've just made life so much easier, less RFI ingestion and stuff. So, you know, how did that go? How did well, your changeover go? You know, you know um, I, again, remember, I'm kind of a latecomer in, into ham radio. So I missed some of the kind of the hardware decoders and all, all those. There are a couple of, of, of very good RIDI operators who still swear by them. Um, but uh, most of the, you know, the biggest problem that I ran into was the complexity of setting this stuff up. Um, you know, it was, you know, prior to, to SDR radios. And, and so the computer was sort of more of a tool for, for running your logging software and maybe doing some audio and stuff like that. So in order to wire these radios up to, to have the computer decode and send ready, you needed to cable, you needed cables for everything. You needed a cable for the incoming audio. You needed cable for the outgoing audio. You needed a way to, to, um, uh, set off a, a PTT trigger. Um, you need there. We, we were, you know, you didn't like want to do AFSK. So you wanted to do FSK. So you had to build an FSK cable and you had to spend a day kind of putting together a, a, a little cable to make sure that you could do FSK. You turned out that, that since you're using all these cables, there were, there were line isolation problems. So, you know, there were all these challenges of, of ways of trying to kind of, of of, of get it all to work correctly and and prov provide high quality audio so that that the, the ready decoders and 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 the encoders could could have clean enough audio for you to get get through the uh, get through your activity. So, all right. So next part is uh, we're going to talk about the different types of uh, flex radios, and there's really. Uh, only two, uh, there's subtle changes. Well, there's a couple of major changes, but your radio either has one spectral capture unit, which is what the antenna connects to, or two spectral capture units, which is what the other antenna connects to, where it sort of really even more so behaves like two unique radios because we can use two antennas at the same time. Right. And I, Chris, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but I'm going to say something if you're new to flex is we, uh, in the radio, we actually look at the entire HF spectrum from 30 kilohertz to 54 megahertz 100% of the time. So your virtual receivers or slices have the ability to see any of that spectrum anytime you want. It's important to understand that um, if you're working on multiple bands, that um, you, you're going to want to be able to uh, transmit on one of those bands while you're listening on the other. And that's really the definition of, of true SO2R um, and, and the ability to interleave QSOs between the two bands. And that really requires two separate antennas to do. So if you want to, you know, if you want to do that, you kind of need to, to, to use a two spectral capture unit radio. But that doesn't we call mean that. We call that full duplex, by the way. Correct. So it's pretty key. Carry yeah. on. And and uh, there's there's a button down on the bottom of the of the of the smart SDR uh, window and, and on, on the uh, Maestro that can that, that you enable that feature so you can listen listen to uh, 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 the other band while you're transmitting on the other, but um, it doesn't mean that you need to always have to buy the top of the line radio. You can still do um, a lot of this 
this operating with a single spectral capture unit radio. Um, if you have an antenna that happens to work on multiple bands, um, you can have both those bands up and switch between band A and send a CQ and between band B and, and send a CQ. But, but in, the, in that context, you're not gonna be able to listen to one band while you're, while you're transmitting on the other. And that's because you're using that single that that single chain to make to to, to make that circuit. So, so Chris, you wanted to talk about SO2V, which was the old school way of doing it, and SO2R on a flex world. And we in, in the flex world, we always do SO2R, correct? Even if it's a single yeah. SCU radio, because N1MM sees it as two unique receivers. Correct. Which is a whole lot different than trying to run my ICOM 756 Pro with a sub receiver and trying right. to make that work or the uh, Yaesu FT1000D or something like that, right? So, yeah. Um, so with the traditional, um, with, with the traditional Superhead radio, uh, SO2V really required a high-end radio that had a, a, a primary and a sub receiver. And, uh, um, and uh, we had to go into the contest logger and make sure that the contest logger specifically supported that mode. And it had its own set of, of keystrokes and, 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 and techniques that actually a lot of people learned and were quite successful in using. But with the, the flex environment, we kind of skipped over that because, because of the way that the radio architecture works and the fact that we could spin up virtual radios and actually have them uh, be because of the, the spectral coverage that these radios have. So even with a, a Flex uh, 6400, um, we could bring up a, 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 a portion of, of, say, 20 meters and then bring up another radio, another virtual radio or, or a slice, depending on how you want to do it, um, or both. <laughs> and, uh, and, we, and, we can, um, uh, and we can actually be CQing on one frequency while we're using the other radio uh, after we're done with the transmission to look for other multipliers. Um, and so, so the methodology um, that we use to operate on two radios on the same band is the same methodology that we use to operate two radios on multiple bands. And, um, and whether you do it with a single spectral capture unit and, and you don't have that full duplex, the listening while you're transmitting, or you have a full duplex, you still set it up using the SO2R methodology. And in particular, what we're using um, is the OTRSP, the Open2 Radio Switching Protocol, which is has its own set of keystrokes and uh, things that you need to learn to operate moving radios back and forth and and, and, and such. But the, the point here is, is, is that you wouldn't choose the SO2V section in the logger. You would choose the SO2R section because in essence, you really are using two radios in a flex, even if you're on the same band. Okay, Chris, other than Smart SDR for Windows, uh, Smart SDR Cat, Smart SDR DAX, there's a few other pieces of software now. I think we've mentioned some of them, but uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so so um, obviously we need tools to decode and, and send ready. Um, and uh, a lot of the tools that, that, that have been around for a long time are ones that we continue to use. Um, uh, we obviously, we need a contest logger. Um, N1MM is, is, is usually my go-to choice for flex radio, and, and I'll tell you why. There's been a lot of, a, a lot of work done to, to make sure that N1MM integrates with the flex 6000 uh, uh, platform and, uh, and, and vice versa. So, so, you know, it's one thing to get the, the logger to see the radio. It's the other thing for the radio to behave in a way that makes the logger work good. So a lot of work's gone into that. And uh, because of that, um, that's the, uh, the, the primary uh, contest logger that, uh, that uh, I recommend using when doing RIDI contesting with the Flex 6000 series. You know what? And the crowd support for N1MM is amazing. The documentation is phenomenal. You know, pretty much I can thank Rich V3KI for that. Yeah. Uh, it's written in really logical examples. Uh, there's been almost nothing I haven't been able to Google and say N1MM keyboard shortcuts for SO2R, right? And that 
beautiful keyboard map comes up. So. And and and, and a, a subcomponent of N1MM is um, N2IC's uh, digital um, interface, which which will which we use to uh, to send and, and and receive and use a mouse to to click and, and speed us up while we're we're doing QSOs SO2R or SO2B in in RTTY. So uh, the digital uh, interface uh, um, is is the piece that we use in N1MM uh, to make that all uh, come together. Another thing that I wanted to mention were um, some of the RIDI um, uh, applications that we use. Um, the most popular one is um, uh, uh, is uh, MMTTY, um, and uh, I usually use MMTTY as my core both for transmit and, and receive, although some people use other applications. That's the one that, uh, that uh, um, actually has had some, uh, special, uh, some special attention to make it a little bit, uh, bit flex-friendly. And I'll cover that in, in a minute when I, when I go through doing the setup. But um, uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to deal with some of the um, COM ports and, and audio ports that, that we need to choose when we're setting up. So MMTTY uh, is, is definitely a go-to choice. And if you're new and you're just getting started and you only wanna use one, this is the one. This would be the one that you start with. Now, um, as you get more in depth into contesting and you really wanna make lots and lots of QSOs, you start experimenting with different ways of, of being able to decode more QSOs. And um, a great application that I use to do to that is called Two Tone, and Two Tone um, I believe is uh, uh, their their website is at riddycontesting.com, and um, we use that as an additional. Uh, and I actually will will set up a, a series of these using different decode algorithms, so you can improve on the um, on the quality of 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 print. Um, and, and it, I, I swear to you, Mike, it, it's very strange how MMTTY will pick stuff up that, that Two-Tone doesn't, and Two-Tone will pick stuff up that MMTTY doesn't, but having all of them running in tandem um, really gives you an edge on being able to decode um, uh, uh, RTTY. By the, and you can run both at the same time. This is where yes. you have to start buying the gaming computer. But uh... <laughs> yes, uh, but but it, what's what's nice is is that uh, you know because of the way that uh, that uh, that the DAX is set up, it makes it very easy to set up multiple decoders, and uh, and uh, and uh, have them all tie together to really improve the print of of the of, of RTTY. So right. and assume, um, assuming, by the way, you're watching this on uh, August the 14th. Now we're recording it near the end of July, but. Uh, you know, in next weekend, because it's, it's like if you're watching us live, uh, August 21st, 22nd is the SART G. There you go. Yeah, there are the, the stuff is it's like I said, you know, there's always there's always uh, something something to operate the R, you know, RTTY in. So, um, uh, so um, there are also other ones. Uh, Gritty is another uh, ready decoder that's becoming popular. Um, uh, I, you know. Like Mike said, eventually, if you add too many, it, it could start affecting your computer's performance. So you need to experiment with what the tolerance of your uh, computer can handle. But um, uh, um, uh, uh, Gritty is a, uh, a, a another uh, a popular Gritty decoder that uh, sometimes catches something that the other ones ones don't. Um, so. Um, um, uh, Gritty was written is written by Alex uh, V3NEA, who actually doesn't live that far from me. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't know his name or his call sign, uh, if you use CW Skimmer, then you've uh, or probably <laughs> or and Gritty Skimmer too. <laughs> yeah, so you can try Gritty. Yeah, um, you know it's one that some people, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's I'm actually I need to I need to try it a little bit more too. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I kind of uh, have gotten to the point where I've sort of found the tolerance of the PCs that I operate on. And so uh, I, I kind of go with a, a particular configuration. And, I think and Alex, writes, yeah, Alex writes some pretty powerful, simplistic software. So it's yeah. not too confusing. 
Yeah. Right. Which I think is yeah. really good. Like, yeah. These are if all. If you go into uh, yeah. MMTTY the first time and you're looking at all the filters and everything, go, where do I start? So. Yeah. Uh, push the ham button. Push the ham button. Hopefully, in a minute here, we'll be able to show, uh, get, get us through through that to a point where we're, we're operational and, and making ready QSOs. So. All right. So Chris is uh, trial by fire. He's got a brand new clean laptop here, and uh, he's going to uh, install and set up N1MM in an SO2R setup. And it actually works in any model Flex 6000 radio, whether it's a single SCU radio, 6300, 6500, 6600, 6700. Right. All right, Chris. So you're you're ready to go, um, and uh, I'm gonna pop your screen up here, and you can start talking through things, and I'll uh, I'll widescreen the picture so that uh, we'll just see what you've got. All right, sounds good. And uh, here we go. So we've got Smart SDR, Cat, and Dax. Let's assume yeah. you know how to get this far. So you could see you can see that this is kind of. A, a fairly a fairly uh, a leaned out version of uh, of smart sdr and in particular smart sdr cat because i wanted to show you um all of the ports that we need to set up here uh in prep for uh getting our contest logger set up so what i'm going to go ahead and do uh initially is set up a uh, a new uh port for um each of the two slices you can see that i've got a slice a on 20 meters and a slice b on 40 meters this is a flex 6600 so you can see that i have slice a on antenna one and slice b on antenna two so we're going to go ahead and add what we want to do what we want to do is do this kind of build our way toward the contest logger so what we're going to do is we're going to add the appropriate ports the appropriate com ports and otrsp ports then we're going to go ahead and set up the uh the the, the directories for uh the the ready decoders, and then we're going to go into N1MM and, and tie it all together. So let's start by setting up the COM port. So let's go ahead and start with a new port for slice A. So um, hopefully you can see that, and we'll call it uh, um, slice, a, slice A COM. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to use the SO2R mode. So we can take that as a default. And you'll notice it says VFO slice A. You have to, there's a drop down about a halfway right that has to say, that has to say A. Correct. And then uh, we're now we're gonna do another one for slice B. So we're gonna call that B. And we're gonna say, let's call it slice B com. And that looks okay, and go ahead and save that. Yeah, the saving takes about ten seconds because it has to go create the the port within Windows. So, but, but we welcome that because we're not going into Windows and creating the ports by ourselves. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to do a VSP by manual method, which is incredibly painful. Right, and so now we need to add a port that'll allow the contest logger to speak uh, speak the open to radio switching protocol language with the with the uh, with cats uh, with the with the radio so we're going to choose an otrsp port notice it's radio 1 slice a radio 2 slice b and then we'll just say otrsp com and then save that one and I assume you're going to use push to talk by cat control. Um, yes. So okay. what we're going to do is we're going to tell N1MM to use computer control to put the radio into PTT. And that's a big change because <laughs> I'm an old RS-232 guy as well. We used to dedicate an entire communications port for push to talk. Now we don't have to. Right. We haven't We haven't had to in a long time, but some old school people may still want it. So, so instead of, uh, so, so here we are, we have slice A on COM9, we got slice B on COM10, and uh, we have our OTRSP on COM11. So uh, we'll uh, come back to that here in just a moment. Okay, so we are, we do need to set up our software that allows us to decode ready. Um, I've taken the liberty, and, and, and I know Mike uh, flashed uh, on the screen, 
the place where to download the, uh, some of these applications. I've taken the liberty of downloading and installing MMTTY. And I've also got an incidence of two-tone here that's zipped up. So we're gonna go ahead and set up this, this uh, the MMTTY sets up by default a directory called, uh, called ham. And what I usually do is set up all of my decoders in that directory. And uh, um, so the first thing we want to do is we, we want to copy our MMTTY, our, our MMTTY so we have two incidents, incidences of it. So now we have two, and then we're going to label them. And what I do, this is just to make it easy, label 1A. And... And 1B. All right, so we've got two uh, MMTTY directories. Why do we need to do that? Um, these applications weren't originally um, designed necessarily to, be, to have multiple versions running at the same time, but they work. But you have to out, you have to launch separate incidences of all of them. So we have a, a an MMTTY directory for slice A, and we have an MMTTY directory for slice B or Radio A and Radio B. This is also the latest version of Two-Tone I downloaded. And um, um, uh, what I've done here is, is that I've just put the zip file in there. So we're just gonna go ahead and, and extract it right here. Um, and uh, it opened that up there. And um, once we have that extracted, we'll just be copying the rest of these. So we'll go ahead and remove that. And Chris, it delete, Chris deleted the zip file, by the I way. I did, so I did. In case you missed that. So now and I'm gonna- If you're like me, you've probably turned off the button that says confirm deletion. <laughs> you sure you want to delete it? And- uh, I'm having copy problems here, okay. Do you need uh, two copies of Two-Tone as well? Yes. Okay. Um, and actually, I'm going to up the, up the ante here. You're going to go to three, four. Okay. So so if I have a 6,600, you're going to go to eight? Uh, hold on one 6, second. 6,700? We'll label these <laughs> so make it easier. So what I'm going to do, oops, a little too aggressive there. So we're going to have two two-tone decoders on slice A. So A1 and A2. And then we'll just uh, do the same thing for slice B. And we could do more if we wanted to. Uh, generally, I will have, um, uh, in, in a competitive contest environment, I will have three two-tone decoders and one MMTTY decoder per, uh, per virtual radio per slice. Um, but we so won't go there right now. We won't go there right now. Okay. Um, now, um, what I do wanna do though, is I wanna quickly um, uh, uh, set a couple of these up in advance. Um, because once N1MM launches them, um, it's you're going to want to have them pre-configured. So um, I think I already launched uh, MMTTY uh, A. So let's just uh, take a quick, quick look here. Yeah, so it knows at least who I am. Okay, and then we'll go what were you looking for there, Chris? Um, what I what happens was when you do the install, it wants to ask you for your call sign. Oh uh, yeah, you know your all that stuff. So I like to set that all up in advance. So uh, in fact, we should get a get a real um, this one here. It's going to do the same thing. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, and then uh, we're going to want to set up the appropriate. Uh, audio ports on these. So I'm going to real quick 
I wanted to show everybody this. This now, is an important screen. This, this is really complex looking. And you look at this and you go, how do I find anything? Well, a friend of mine actually got his hands on the source code for this. Um, um, I, I believe it was Stu, K6TU. Um, and he actually wrote, um, an, uh, he, he, re, he set this up so you, it, to make it easier on the rest of us by hiding all of the extra um, DAX audio ports and making it easier to find what you need. Right, let me jump in. So there are, if you look in your Windows control panel, you'll see more audio ports than you know what to do with. You want to ignore, if you, no matter what you're doing, anyone that says reserved. And I think, by the way, if we had a way to hide them, we probably would, but we can't. Uh, so Stu, uh, um, very smart guy as well, uh, had this little, I noticed this one day, I went, that's really handy. So carry on, Chris, you'll notice yep. that you want to toggle it one more time, you'll notice there's yeah. a whole bunch of ports and they have the name reserved. You can't even see them all. There's not enough room for them. Yeah. And you do that yeah. and it's like all of a sudden, oh, wait, okay. So we're working with um, uh, uh, the, the Slice B. So we're going to make this one uh, DAX Audio RX2 and for, uh, for listening and transmit, it will be the DAX Audio TX. Let's see how that uh, works. Right. And the transmit one is always DAX Audio TX on every program. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I should probably give us a uh, DAX 2 there. Give us, give, us, give us a DAX 2. And so th there you go. So you could see that it's already set up the because we're using the RIDI uh, section in, uh, in Smart SDR that the filtration is already set up. Looks good. So we're going to do that again really quick just so for those of you who missed it. So... That one is good to go. And you're going to repeat it on the other. And we're going to repeat okay. it really quick, maybe a little faster on the other one. So and I'll just delete that. I'll just delete that part. But we're going to do the same thing all over again, except we're going to say, "Well, I'll tell you what, we'll leave it in." Okay. And so uh, now we're going to go and sound card hide. X Audio RX1, X Audio TX. Okay. Now it's ready to go. And you're on version 1.70K. Which I believe is the latest. Yes, I think it is. Okay. And then um, we want to do the same thing with our two tones, but we don't have to worry about the transmit. All we have to do is worry about the decodes. So let's go to two tone. And actually, so does that mean you're you're always going to transmit using the MTTY engine? That's correct. That's correct. That is okay. correct. That's if you choose that path, and that's the way we're set showing you today. That's that's going to be your transmitter is going to be MTTY. So if you need to tweak anything, that's the section you're going. That's the application you're going to tweak it in. But uh, so far, it shouldn't require too much. There may be a few little tricks that I'll show you once we get it up in N1MM. Two tone. Um, Two-tone 64, if you have a computer that supports it, uh, use the 64-bit one. If you don't, um, if you don't, then uh, you can go ahead and run the 32-bit binary, and it'll be fine. What am I missing here? Ah. Okay. Oh, we can cut that part out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna okay, to, we'll just ignore the we'll, two-tone part. We'll handle, we'll, we're going to have to handle two-tone through N1MM, I guess. So, okay. All right, so we've got uh, all of our COM ports set up. We've got our DAX ports set up. We've gone through and, and done our prep work with our two incidents of, of MMTTY. And uh, once we get the two-tones up in uh, N1MM, we'll, we'll do some tweaking there. So let's move on and start uh, N1MM. This is, again, a very clean version of N1MM, not completely clean. I've gone ahead and set up my call sign uh, and my grid square and my uh, ARRL section. <laughs> but otherwise, this is a completely clean version of N1MM. And uh, we don't need the, the log window right now. So let's go ahead and uh, get this uh, set up so it's talking to the Flex Radio. And then we'll move on to set it up uh, to work uh, with the uh, digital decode. All right. 
So here we are in the N1MN configurer. We're going to go ahead and, uh, if you recall, we set up slice A as COM9. So let's go ahead and choose COM9. Radio. Flex 6000 series. And uh, um, we, we'll get back to this part here in a moment. We're going to go to set. And uh, accept, go ahead and accept the uh, recommended uh, flex settings. And eight, one, always off, always off. And this is radio one. And uh, remember we were talking about uh, the PTT via command. And uh, uh, I just do this by default, but notice that we've to PTT by command by digital radio mode. That's going to actually uh, key the, uh, the, the the transmit for the radio. Yeah, I want to say something here since you've got it up. Uh, if you've worked with this before, this makes perfect sense. If you've never seen this before, it's confusing as heck. The top line says uh, enable both hardware and software push to talk. And by hardware, they mean you've you've created a dedicated port in smart SDR for cat and it will say P for push to talk. Well, we don't have any of those, so we're not using hardware. And when it says software push to talk, it's about sending a, a radio command, a cat command to the yeah. radio. And, uh, and then that's yeah. where the bottom three come in place. So if you don't check, say the SSB one later in another contest and you play the voice keyer in N1MM to call CQ contest, the radio will not go on transmit. Right. Uh, so, and the same thing true for CT, uh, CW actually, um, or a little less critical because there's many ways to put the radio into transmit. Uh, we're now sort of going down the path of saying, hey, we'll just we've got a really reliable computer cat control. So we'll do push to talk radio via SSB CW in digital mode. But. Right. Okay. So let's keep going here. That's radio one. That's radio one on COM nine. Now we're gonna we're gonna go into Which be sl slice A, right? That's correct. Slice A, radio one, com nine. Now we're yeah. gonna we're gonna select this SO2R because we're moving on to a second radio here, which is this is on com ten. And by the way, regardless of which six thousand series radio you're using, it will be SO2R, not SO2V. Correct. Don't choose SO2V, it will lead you down a path of confusion. Off and off and radio number two. And boom. Now- and If you happen to pick one, radio one, it'll tell you you made a mistake. Yes, it will, it will, it will, it will yell at you. And uh, now we're going to set up a sort of a CW other port here. Um, on COM11, remember we set up that OTRSP port. Yeah, and OTRSP so, handles your audio and what you hear, either mono or stereo, depending on your receivers. It it's the beautiful part of this. And it allows you to um, um, to, to use the keystrokes for the open to radio protocol to move back and forth. So we're going to tell it, we're going to use the OTRSP yeah. protocol there and the radios that are involved are both. And we're just going to accept those as the defaults. And by the way, I digress for a minute. If you happen to be doing uh, a win keyer and you'd set up a W in smart SDR cat, this is the same procedure for setting up wing gear. Yeah, this Not is good. RTTY this, contest, is, so. this is good. So two R setup uh, a primer for for um, uh, for N one MM as well. Okay, so you Look see, it's it's given us two two windows to operate. Now we're going to set up the digital portion of this, um, and of course, you know, we can, you know, we we can make these, you know, we can put band maps up for each of them. I noticed that I, I launched a band map and it created one for each of the two radios, 20 and 40 meters. So anyway, all right, so that all works. And by the way, um, I don't know if you could see this, but here I am using the pause break command, which is the switch between two radios. And I don't know if you can, if you look- The pause break key. Yeah, the pause break key is switching between 
20 and 40 meters and look at the watch the t watch the tx flag and you'll see it change from a to b correct so it's all working so the the two radio protocols working all right so now let's go ahead and set up our digital interface um, let's go back into the configurator and let's go to digital modes and we're going to go we're going to quickly set up our our our, uh, our digital modes here sound card these are both going to be sound card by the way so let's start with uh, digital interface one select and we want to select initially our mmtty we're going to open that. And then we're also going to do the same thing for our second digital. But this can get a little confusing, but we want to go up a level, go to MMTTYB. So we have two separate ones, right? So you can look at the paths. They're different, right? Because you need to have individual um, paths for each of these. And when I say OK, yeah, hold on. And we're using audio frequency shift keying because uh, we don't have FSK. Yeah. Don't let that worry you. Both are equally as clean in today's world. Right. We're accepting um, the defaults right now, mm -hmm. um, which is AFSK. So we'll say OK. And um, we may. Let's see what happens when I do that. There we go. So Chris typed in RTTY to change mode. He typed that in on the logging window, which is one of the cool things about N1MM is designed to not really have to take your fingers off the keyboard. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this as clean as I can for everybody here, but you could see that it brought up two separate digital uh, entry windows and that we have two separate instances of MMTTY running, one for each of these um, DI windows. Mm -hmm. You can adjust them to make them, you know, the right size for you, which I'm trying to do here. Let's make that one a little smaller. Make that one a little smaller. Okay. All right. So right now, um, let's just see real quick. Is there, no, there's no really, well, there might be some going on here. Um, Sorry, it's worth, it's worth, worth. Yeah, so there you can see it's decoding. Um, so that the, the MMTTY on forty meters is actually decoding ready right now. It's not a very strong signal, but uh, um, but it's working. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and uh, set up um, additional DI windows. Let's start with the slice A. Add an RX window. So you're in. You're now in, We're oh, now you're in, in the digital interface window. Ah, I get it. Yep. Yes, because but when we when you when we when we go to ready mode, it automatically pops up the digital uh, interface window. So now we're going to go ahead and add additional decoders, which you kind of need to to tell N1MM that you're going to be using additional decoders. So let's go add RX windows. Open additional RX window. Window type. Uh, Let's see here. Let's choose two-tone. And notice that, that there are various different uh, decoders that you could choose here. And then uh, we're going to select our two-tone. Here it popped us back into two, A1, two-tone 64, open. And let's select save. I think we'll stick on doing. We'll just do one per one per slice, Mike. Right. Okay. For brevity here. Um, okay. So now two tones running, and we just need to set it up so we're listening to the right stuff here. So let's quickly go to settings. And this one is for slice A. 
Right. So you need RX one, right? X, yeah. And unfortunately, this one doesn't have the uh, the hiding uh, the hide, uh, hiding that uh, MMTTY does. Um, and uh, you could see that the mark the mark is twenty one twenty five, which is the default uh, mark for a flex radio. So if you want to change that, you'll need to to look up how to change uh, the mark and space frequency on your flex radio and on your decoder. That goes for uh, MFTTY as well. Okay. So now we got a second decoder there. <clears throat> and um, I will show you a trick. Um, so there is actually a way to nest these digital interface windows into this one. And we're going to do that, but not until we're done setting up our decoders. It's just a quirk of N1MM. Um, and uh, um, if you don't do it that way, it can get a little bit confusing. So let's go quickly go ahead and set up the 40 meter second de decoder. And again, you select the second copy. The second copy, correct. Now, what would happen if you selected the first copy is you'd be listening to the wrong slice. You can close that zoom window on top. Okay. And then let's go ahead and save that. So now that's going to do its little thing. And there is our DI2. So we'll bring that over here and we'll just quickly set it up for, for uh, the uh, other DAX channel. Settings. Boy, got a lot of windows open here. Audio. RX2. And OK. And that one's looking good too. Now that the, uh, the the grand finale is is uh, to enable attached RX windows, so this is going to nest all these these extra windows that popped up. This will nest them all together. So let's go ahead and do that. That one worked pretty good. And there we go. So we have. A primary and a secondary in the same window. That's cool. Right. So what that does is that nests all of the uh, all of the uh, digital interface uh, decoders uh, together, and allows you to use your your mouse or your keyboard um, to um, to click on uh, on decoded call signs and such, so you could uh, capture them and send with them. Okay, so how come we're not seeing anything printing in the top one? Should are we not listening to the same VFO on both of them? No, we are. Um, but uh, the sensitivity is different between the different decoders. I got um, it. And uh, uh, and uh, the one thing I did want to mention is is that um, two tone has lots of different algorithms too. Notice spread, selective, flutter. And uh, I will have all of those, I'll give a version of those on all of those algorithms running at the same time. Sorry about that. Okay. By the way, if you uh, really wanted to and get carried away, you could actually install Two-Tone or MMTTY on a second whole computer. Just start Smart SDR Cat and DAX. And uh, just, you know, maybe you just had it in a whole other window on another computer for a second set of eyes to look at um, part of the way the radio is designed. And that doesn't use any slices if you're listening to the same thing. Yeah. Because you don't need to start smart SDR for Windows in the second computer. So at this point, um, this is ready to operate ready with the exception of we would need to load a contest and we would need to load in, and I would, you know, I'd have to point you to N1MM to make sure that you load the appropriate contest and the right contest macros so you could send and receive ready. Um, 
Wow. And it's working. It's it's working. It's running right now. So um, good. Uh, let's oh, see. We'll go back to it. I, Chris can't see us actually because of uh, <laughs> okay. a single computer monitor. But so Chris, come on back up and uh, and you can shrink that down. And uh, oh, you blew us away. Well, that's amazing, Chris. And uh, I think the one thing I want to say is. We really don't have a document written up to do this. And maybe Chris, you and I can do this again in a much slower rate on a different chat someday and, yeah. uh, as well. But that's really great. And if anybody wants to reach out to you, is there uh, any good way we can uh, ping you? Is it your QRZ yeah, address? I, I expect that, 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 that this is probably for, for a lot of people can be overwhelming. It gets really easy, really quick, believe me. But you can always feel free to contact me. Um, at uh, chris.tate at gmail.com. And, okay, and I'll put that up on the screen uh, when I post edit this. And uh, and I'd be happy to answer your questions. Um, you, you can uh, contact me on the Flex community. Um, I'm available out there as well. And uh, You know, the uh, community is a better way to go too because you may be asking a question that nine other people want to know and it's easy to share and collaborate. Right. I, information. I, I strongly encourage people to do this in the community. Yeah, the community is uh, community.flexradio.com. Awesome. That's got really good people on that group as well. So, yes. Um, and 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 a lot of a lot of very smart minds and a lot of people that do this all the time. There's not just me that's a really really enthusiast. There are lots of really enthusiasts out there that are also on the Alpha team that may be able to answer questions right. for you and help you. And uh, we have them tagged accordingly as an Elmer. And I guess we should, I'll check and see if you're an Elmer. If not, I'll get you upgraded tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, Chris lost a lot of status points. Every We all had to start at the beginning yeah. and we changed over to the new community. But we've gone back and, and moved people like Chris, Dave W02X, um, uh, and a couple of others. So if you see Elmer on the community, you can trust what they say. They um they generally know what they're talking about but every once in a while yeah we get a little bit out of line dude so if you think <laughs> we're wrong challenge us yeah and, and because and, they do. Uh, and, and, and we do and yeah please don't be afraid to, to challenge people if they somebody says just do this uh and you need to know more ask explain more we're all about mentoring and teaching not just uh you know uh how do i make it go red or blue we're going to explain why you want to do whatever but I'll try to give you a bit more details yeah. so facebook well chris well thank you very much i'm sure that's gonna be very helpful for a bunch of people no problem mike uh, and uh and i uh, hope we can uh, do it again sometime uh and i appreciate it okay 73 everybody i hope you enjoy the qso a lot of great talks and uh, uh we have a lot of good people too and uh we'll uh I'm sure you picked up a few more pointers. I think you've got about a month to look at it. And after that, we'll move them over to our YouTube channel as well. So 73. Goodbye, everybody. So did, did you guys get a chance to look uh, look over the presentation at all or? Just saw your video. Okay, great. So there's probably some questions. I, I you know, it's really something that, that you kind of need to, I, I'm hoping that the videos are available and I think it is available to people for, for an, a, a bit of time. Cause, and I, I think that what um, I'm going to do is I'm going to work with Mike uh, Walker to create some more elaborate instructional videos that are um, a little bit give, that where we could spend some time and drill down on some of this stuff so it becomes easier to set up. Um, took a long time to figure out a lot of this stuff. <laughs> but, uh, but of course, passing it on like this is the best way. So does anybody have any questions in this group? I don't really have a question, uh, Chris, but uh, 
it, it will be nice to be able to uh, start and stop the presentation while I try and, and get things set up. That should make yeah. it a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I, and I think you should be able to do it. You should be able to at least use this presentation to give you a core setup. Now, like I said, I'll, I'll talk to Mike, and I think there's a lot. They, they, they've already done a bunch of videos to make uh, uh, it easier to interface stuff with flex radios and stuff like that. But I think this subject needs uh, some very particular attention. So I think that what we'll do is we'll, we'll also create a new series of videos that kind of, dial, you know, like a basic. This is a basic one, one slice ready setup. And this is what you can use to make QSOs. And then we can take it from there and go into more elaborate contest setups and, and using multiple radios and stuff like that, um, or using two radios on one band. That's, uh, that's, that, that kind of stuff uh, can get a little bit confusing with the flex radio because it is different from your, your general, your super hat radios in the past. It's quite a bit different. I started out uh, making notes as you were doing your presentation and I tossed those, I figured, okay, I'm going to stop that video <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, it, uh, when it comes out. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's, there's, it's complex enough. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Um, it, it was actually a big undertaking. I was, I was supposed to be cut to 30 minutes. And so I realized that if, if I did 30 minutes that I, I wouldn't be able to do that. But I thought it was really important to go through that setup routine because I think that that setup routine is something that kind of is an obstacle that people may, may find, especially if you're trying to kind of get set up really quickly before a contest or something like that and, and to, to make some contacts. So hopefully it's helpful. Let me ask you a chicken or an egg question. Okay. Your your presentation is based on N1MM. Yes. So if you're interested in, learn, in doing RIDI, know absolutely nothing about N1MM. Do you have to learn N1MM before trying to do RIDI? Well, I would say at least a little bit enough to get you to the RIDI operation screen. But once you're there at the RIDI operation screen, you can actually manage a series of QSOs by using nothing but your mouse. So, you know, uh, uh, so th there are, you know, you, you, you need to be somewhat accustomed to N1MM just to understand, okay, that logged okay, right? That, that QSO logged properly to your log. So you, you need to know a little bit, right? But you don't need to be a, an expert at the underpinnings of N1MM in order to operate it. Um, uh, you know, if you use um, a, a mode which is called enter sends message, um, which is uh, basically uh, uses the enter key to go through the flow of a QSO exchange. Um, and we can actually tell the digital interface to use the right mouse button to equal the enter key. So any, so you can click on a, on a QSO, which will populate um, a, a call sign into the logger. And then you can hit the right mouse button to enter the next step in the QSO chain. So in, you know, so when this is flowing really smoothly, you will find yourself clicking with your left, left mouse button and then clicking with your right mouse button and then clicking with your left mouse button and that finishes the QSO. So really, really, uh, really is a neat and it really is efficient. Um, people that hate contest QSOs, it's like, boy, there wasn't much meat to that QSO. Well, no, there's, there really isn't that much meat uh, to, to that QSO, but it works and it works very, very well. Um, and every year I do the ARRL Ready Roundup. I've won the Pacific Division five, five years in the last five of the last 10 years. And um, that's what I'm doing. I'm using my left mouse button to click on the QSO and the right mouse button to, to, uh, to uh, carry my flow through the QSO. So the answer is yes, a little bit. My opinion would be yes, you need to learn it a little bit, but you don't need to be an expert. Um, this is Dave, uh, KC90. Hey, um, <laughs> some people like myself, I know quite a few of the operators around here, uh, flex operators that, uh, we're pretty much wrapped around the N3 FJP. And 
Yeah. Uh, so it's it seems, you know, we, we we're not going to throw that away, obviously. But I was just going to suggest kind of when you do your procedure, if you kind of keep that in mind a little bit, if possible. I'll tell you, there's a reason why I went down the road I did. Um, I, I'm, I'm familiar with N3, N, N3FJP um, software. There are also other uh, contest loggers out there, um, uh, WinTest, uh, WriteLog. Um, there are many different types. And a lot of them will work with the Flex Radio pretty seamlessly. Um, I'm not sure how well the N3FJP manages the, the digital interface to uh, the Flex Radio. Uh, I'm not sure how well it does. I know that he works quite a bit on it, so he may have made some improvements. So I will definitely take a look. It see. does pretty good, but, but probably the number one thing, in my opinion, is when I'm looking and I'm decoding and I see that call sign there, I really don't want to have to click copy, paste, uh, it's like you're talking about here. And uh, um, I, I, I guess I don't, that, that's the one thing that's probably missing. Is that what you're, what you've yeah. seen? In yeah. The past? So it's that integration, which makes the, make, it gives me the ability to work two and 300 QSO per hour rate. Yeah. It, because I, all I have to do is click and it po auto populates. Then I right click and it, and it sends the exchange. And then I click again and it auto populates his exchange. And then I right click and it says, thank you. And six WMCQ. So <laughs> would you basically, if I'm understanding what you're saying, but not saying is that, well, look, if you're going to do a contest, you probably want to use the N1MM uh, for the contest to learn how to use it for contest and, yeah. and then get back on mm -hmm. life on the other side uh, outside the contest. Is that fair? You know, the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the little twist. Contest loggers tend to be, I don't know, uh, you know how kind of hams get certain, very, very passionate about certain, certain subjects? <laughs> well, contest loggers are one of them. Um, and the reason is, is people spend many, many years trying to figure out all the keystrokes to be as efficient as they can with their contest logger of choice. Um, so people are really you know, tough to, tough to make a change. It's, it's difficult to change to a new contest logger. When it comes to ready contest contesting, there's really kind of two popular contest logs that are the most well accepted. N1MM is one of them. And the other one is called write log. N1MM happens to cost nothing and write log has a fee associated with it. Um, but write log was actually originally written specifically for ready contesting. Well, so, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, Enda EI2II, thanks for the presentation. It was no great. Um, just it's more a flex question than a, a ready question, but you're on um, your, your slice A is on 20 meters working away. Your slice B was on 40. Mm -hmm. So you suddenly changed slice B to 10 meters. Uh, do you have your radio set up for slice B on antenna two? Yes. Um, and if so, how do you keep it from going all over the place when you keep changing? So you, you, you switch to 10 meters on slice B. Um, they, how do you get the, the antenna selection to follow that slice B will always stay on antenna two? Okay. Um, so that's done through something called profiles. And uh, uh, the way that um, um, when, I, when I very first, uh, when, when you get a, a clean flex radio, uh, you kind of need to tell it how your station is configured. So you need to go in and you need to set up transmit profiles that match, uh, that match what your antenna and amplifier configuration, for instance, is set up for. So in, in, in the case of, of this, this video, I did it here at my house. And in my house, I have a two element uh, um, frequency agile antenna. So a stepper antenna. Uh, uh, and then I have um, uh, also a, a, a vertical in the yard. 
that, that, that does 40 and 80 and another vertical that does 160. So I set up a profile for slice A that kind of handles all of the upper bands because that antenna is where I do my upper band work. So, so the 10, 15, and 20 at this, at this station, 10, 15, and 20 is, is going to be slice A. And, uh, um, and then 40 meters is going to be slice B, 80 meters is going to be slice B, and 160 meters is going to be slice B. So that way, in, in that case, as you could tell, I can't do 10 meters and 15 meters SO2R at the same time from this little pistol station because I've assigned them all that. Now, when I'm at the N6RO station where I have stacked monobanders on all bands, um, I have chosen sort of the slice A and B to, to designate, you know, for the most part, what I'm going to be doing on, on each one. So on slice A, I would do 20, 40, 80, and uh, 10, 20, 40, and 80. And slice B, I would do 15, you know, 15, 80, 160, or something along that lines, so that I can have the maximum coverage of, of bands available to me simultaneously. So I can call CQ on one band while I'm listening to QSOs on the other band. And okay. that's all handled through profiles. So you have to go through and set up the profiles. Yeah. So I suppose um, to give you a little background, I'd have something like, let's say, a Force 12 5BA. I, can, I have three bands, uh, three contest bands on that one antenna with three cables. So to I could I could be, and I suppose maybe what you're not doing, like your, your slice A is your run and your slice B is your, your kind of search and pounds. Yeah. You're dedicating a slice, irregardless of, you could be, your major run could be on 40 or your major yeah. run could be on 20. You don't distinguish. Yeah. Oh, and, and you could also have your run and your search and pounce on the same band. Yeah. On the same antenna uh, or okay. on different antennas if you have two antennas for the same band with the appropriate separation. And can you tell N1MM to point to a profile if it's changing a band? Uh, so what you do is you set the profiles up you know, on the smart on the radio, in the flex. Yeah. And so when you select a band, it's going to select that profile. Um, okay. And, and so that will be persistent. That's one for your, your, your future, right? So is uh, be able to tell N1MM which profile to pick when it moves band. Yeah, uh, and uh, you'll see that it actually works relatively well if you go through and set up all the profiles for like your slice A and then set up all the profiles for your slice B. And once they've been assigned, the next time you go to slice B, it's going to be the slice B profile. And you okay. click on slice A, it'll select the slice A profile and they'll switch back and forth. And that also sets off a number of other triggers that are, you know, probably out of, a little bit out of scope of this conversation, but things like TX. Uh, RCA ports and stuff like that, they're all part of that transmit profile. So if you remember, you're going to be keying two different amps too, right? So you're going to have two different amplifiers you need to key. So one may be keyed off of TXA or TX1, and another one may be keyed off of TX2. And each profile needs to be set up to, to key the right amplifier. Not to buy the next amp. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Hey, Chris, quick question. Yes, sir. Um, I noticed that when you set up um, um, that you used M MMTDY for transmit, could yeah. you equally have done that through two-tone? Yeah, you can. You can do it through two-tone. You can do it through um, of any assortment. I think I mentioned that is, is that I, I always kind of start with MMTTY because it's been it, for two reasons. One, it's been around for a long time and I've become very comfortable with it. Two, because of that little port hiding piece that I showed in the video that K6TU designed it so you can hide all of the extraneous ports and you're not spending half an hour digging through trying to find what, uh, what port you want to assign to it. Um, it's a little frustrating, to be honest. And, and that was a huge step forward. So I usually use that and the transmits always worked well for me. Um, and then uh, I use the two tones as uh, multiple decoders with the multiple algorithms. So, and, and like I mentioned in the video, sometimes you'll see something come across on one of those two tones, you know, you go, what? And sure enough, it turns out to be a QSO that you would not have had if you just used uh, 
MMTTY. So the answer is yes, you can you can set any number of those up to to transmit whichever one is your preferred, you know, transmit application. Yeah, thanks a bunch. I was I've just been simplifying my setup and I just got rid of MMTTY and just used two two tone exclusively for everything with my K3. And I was hoping I could do that with the flex. Yeah, absolutely. No, no problem whatsoever. And uh, it'll also gr give gr gritty a look. That's that's one. Uh, gritty uh, is really interesting. It seems to decode quite a bit of stuff, but it also is very, uh, very resource intensive. So, yeah, I am using uh, Gritty for one of my uh, secondary receivers. Yeah, that's a great, great application. Anything else from anybody? Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to watch the video. And uh, like I said, I'll make a, um, I'll make a point to actually um, create specific flex radio videos for um, ready setup. And maybe we'll dive into even some of those other decoders like Gritty and stuff like that. So we can uh, uh, offer, uh, you know, easy ways to get that set up for you all. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks. Have a great uh, remainder of your weekend, everybody. Well, thank thanks, you. Bye-bye. Thanks a bunch.